by sleeping with the girl that he was romantically interested in. 007. God damn Siri! it, Siri! Come on! Siri! I'm gonna start calling her Alexa. <laughs> Out of spite. <laughs> this is the podcast of two friends who watch way too much TV. We learn from shows, and at the same time, we make fun of them. We are not experts in anything, but we pretend to be. After all, we watch a lot of TV. Today's show contains discussions about fake people in dramatic situations. We do not mean any disrespect to them or to belittle what they've been through. Just to let you know, there will be spoiler warnings for season one of Grey's Anatomy. If you've not watched season one of Grey's Anatomy, one, get with your early 2000s television watching. <laughs> Two, maybe don't listen the rest of the way if you're invested in what happens and you somehow have managed to avoid spoilers up till now, i.e. you don't have Twitter. Thanks very much. Hello and welcome to I Watch A Lot Of, the show where we impart our vast knowledge onto you because, well, we watch a lot of TV. That's Chelsea Hackman. That's Lisa Stats. Chelsea, what have you been watching a lot of? Okay, so while I'm working, I put on TV in the background. I'm mm -hmm. one of those ADD monkeys. So lately, I have been watching a great deal of Criminal Minds. Ooh. Over and over again. Started at the beginning, all the way back to the days of Mandy Patinkin stealing <sighs> our heart away. Gideon. As Right, Gideon, one of two characters based on John Douglas's character in Mindhunters. Uh, yep, loving it. Uh, I love everything about it. It's got a late 90s, early 2000s ensemble cast that's made up of a series of tropes from a hard-ass muscle man to with a heart of gold to a, a stern yet paternalistic boss to a quirky woman alt analyst because there's always one of them. So we have a love of my life, Penelope Garcia, who is the, um, they really cleverly use her to solve some problems but not all problems, which I really like because the rest of the problems can be solved by the boy genius, who there's also one of those, uh, who is played by Matthew Gray Goobler. I believe who plays Dr. From Spencer Reed. Yeah. Yeah. So Dr. Spencer Reed, uh, the boy genius with an eidetic memory and I believe four postgraduate degrees. I think that sounds correct. Yeah. I'm so going to say it sounds correct, even if it's not. I mean, he got his doctorate before he was like, he was like 27 when he got his second doctorate or something. And I was like, yeah, okay, okay. We get it. We get it. Whatever. The super smart dude who's super like socially inept and, sort of weird and savanti and you're going to solve all the problems he does not which is one of the reasons i appreciate the show is he yeah. also has some serious weaknesses including mental illness and um addiction and substance abuse yeah um and those so, later episodes definitely yeah and so um there's and he also is fascinated with magic which i think is hilarious uh throughout the show he figures out he has magic tricks but then he also asks other people to show him magic tricks and I think there was something where he had a magic trick and they were uh, hunting a pickup artist predator and they had to go to a bar or something. And uh, Agent Morgan, who is the, 
the very fit and sensual guy who uh, yes people, but he also has a moral code and a heart of gold um he he told reed that reed was like you know i i could do magic he was like how do you but what's your game how do you like get in with the ladies uh which is a really silly question to ask someone like spencer reed but then he asks him and he goes i, I don't know i i i guess i know some magic and he was like Chicks love magic, dude. You should totally do that. And then he goes to a bar. He does magic. And I imagine this this situation happening where a very awkward and almost sickly looking man does magic for me at a bar. So sickly looking man. And then... <laughs> he's a little gangly he's a little gangly and his hair's too floppy and his tie it is tied too is. long and his you know his sweater vest is always half tucked in or whatever and his pants are never floppy. long enough or they're too long either or uh and he anyway he does magic for a woman there and she's actually um just charmed away by his magic trick and i think that was very nice of them to give him but also like that's a gift yes a gift he found a very special lady. And then you hear from her one more time and then never again, which was very sad. Definitely. We don't pursue him in romantic ways at all. Anyway, that's what I'm watching a lot of. What are you watching a lot of? Ooh, um, so we just watched uh, The Flight Attendant on HBO Max. It's um, based on a novel by Christopher, I'm gonna murder this name, Bahaji. I'm gonna test. I'm gonna test. Maybe it's Bojalian or Bojalian, depending on if Bojalian. You, okay, it might be Bojalian because he might be. Is he Armenian? I'm not sure. Okay, well, that it sounds like it might be from that region. I don't know. Anyway, so that um, that's a good guess. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, yes. Yeah, so it's on HBO Max. It stars Kelly Cuoco. Um. Also, some recognizable faces with Zahaya Mamet and T.R. Knight from Grey's Anatomy. Oh, baby T.R. Knight and Rosie Perez. So the show is really fun. It follows the story of a flight attendant who has gotten mixed up in a murder. She had a lovely, lovely evening with a gentleman and wakes up and he's dead. So next to her just gonna call it because in Bangkok up, Chris Bojalian is Armenian American so fantastic just props to me for noticing the linguistic yes. characteristics of an Armenian name but also I don't know how if we're pronouncing it right at all I just um about that. <laughs> I don't know if that's, a, that's right as far here. as my linguistics chops went I dropped out of I college mean, leave me alone they, they went further than mine did so like because i just started making like i just went up like a question because i was like i don't know just keep making vowel sounds we'll get there I'll eventually see, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyways this show is really good it's fun it's fast-paced it is unpredictable for those types of tropey stories i absolutely had no idea where it was going which made it more enjoyable because like a lot of times in those sorts of who done it tropes you fall into patterns of like okay it's that guy it's totally that guy there was none of that with this is it like a murder mystery on a plane are we uh, like she no she has a date in bangkok wakes up in a hotel next to dead date 
Oh, boo. That's a bummer. So she's flying. Uh, she's a flight attendant. So she gets back on a plane and flies to Korea. Just like woke up by a dead guy and, and indeed going to work. Yeah, kind of. It's kind of what she had to do. <laughs> back slowly out of the room with her suitcase. Like, sort of, goodbye. Kind of. It's very close. But uh, what makes it so interesting is is like the visual the the visuals that it creates from when she's introspectively thinking. Um, and you get a little like leeway into her world. You get a little way into her world and you get to see like her thought process and how she's processing. And she's an alcoholic. So it does, does deals with substance abuse as well. And how that plays into it, like how that affects everything and her decision-making. It's really good. I really I like enjoyed that. it. Okay. Okay. And then uh, just because I have to, TR Knight, how did he age? One sec. Oh, Siri thought I was talking to her. Siri, I wasn't talking to you. I'm gonna turn. I'm gonna turn my phone off. Siri's trying to find about find out about Tr Knight. Yeah, Siri, the adults are talking. A uh, Tr Knight uh, looks a lot of the same. I'm Siri, pleased to meet you. Siri is in Tr Knight's spirit is in Siri. What is going on with my life right now? Oh my god, I'm just gonna turn my phone off. Oh my god. Mr. Knight. Oh, turn off. Do we just call him Tra Knight from now on? Tra Knight. Siri refuses to go to sleep. Siri will not be tamed. Okay, I'm just gonna put her over here away from me. Maybe that'll help. I'll just hide her. I'll hide her in a drawer. <laughs> She, she won't come out anymore. Yeah, right. You're okay. going to go contact some other kind of device to come pick up your phone and bring it back to you. And then she's going to sing the last theme song from Homeward Bound. Oh, probably. But how did Tierra Knight age? He looks exactly the same. Just a little weathered. A teeny bit weathered. But you still know. like a wee baby boy. Yeah, like a little, like he still has a baby face. Um, and he probably always will. He just, um, but no, he looks good. And he was fun in the show too. And for all the reasons you love and hate George O'Malley, he was, he was Davey and it was great. Did he get to play somebody who like, I don't, never mind. I'm just going to drag George O'Malley. We have time for that later. Or George O'Malley, man. No, I mean the only yes, but no. (laughs) So should we get right into the let's? Yeah, Jesus God, there's so many spoilers. I'm so sorry, everyone who's not watched this show. If you're listening, you're going to get so many spoilers. This is like from 2005, though, guys. Yeah, but I'm not only going to spoil season one. Spoiler alert, I'm going to spoil season five and season oh. seven. And I thought we were just 10. talking about season one today. Yeah, but how can we not? How do we not say the uh, things exactly. that have happened to these people and or where they ended up or when they left the show or whatever? We can't. So well, let's get into a little bit of background about the show. The show's first episode aired in 2005. It just completed their 17th season and it had two spinoffs. Private Practice was six seasons, and Station 18 was four so far. The series follows Meredith Grey at Mercy Grace Hospital in Seattle, and her becoming a doctor. 
or yes. a, sur- a surgeon. Right. She's a doctor. So um, the cast comprises of interns, residents, attending, and then your chief of surgery, with your interns being Meredith Gray, played by Ellen Pompeo, Izzy Stevens, played by Catherine Heigl, Alex Karev, Karev played by Justin Chambers, Christina Yang, played by Sandra O, oh, and Woo! our favorite, George O'Malley, played by T.R. Knight. See, I always want to say mean things like George can step in front of a bus, but then he did did step in front of a bus, but then he did like the first one later on. Really? Like we don't even get to go through the whole cast list where you're like 007. Yeah, you have to. As soon as you say George O'Malley, 007 has to be shouted from the background somewhere. Someone from another room screams 007. Also, Which, the- for people who haven't seen it, means license to kill. I mean, if you're a James Bond fan. Well, it's a fun doctor joke. Term as well, yeah. We love when doctors make jokes about killing patients. That's our favorite, right? As the patients, isn't... As a non-doctor, I love it when doctors make jokes about... No, I hate that. I hate it all. No, I was like, wait. I was like, that doesn't sound like fun. No, it's not fun. Uh, okay, and then also castaways, we have the resident... Uh, the resident Miranda Bailey, played by Shonda Wilson. Um, your attending surgeons, played by Doctor Doctor Shepard and Doctor Burke. Uh, Patrick Dempsey and Isaiah Washington, and Doctor Weber, which is the chief of surgery, um, James Pickens Jr. James Pickens Jr. The glorious, still on the show. Yeah. Um, we also have. So we have the chief of neuro, Dr. Shepard, and the chief of cardio, Dr. Burke. And then I think there was, um, Weber is technically the chief of surgery and also the chief of general surgery, which is mm-hmm. just everything else. Um, there is an ortho fellow who shows up. Yeah, but that's like way later, not in the first season though. We don't meet Callie in the first season. No. That's right. That's not until season like two or three. Yeah. No, the first season is very short. It's only nine episodes long. That's um, right. It's such a quick, it's such a quick. Yeah. So the one of the things that like was r- really cringy about the first season for me was the opening credits. Like, I don't know where you keep your eyelash curler, but I tend to keep mine on a tray of surgical tools next to my clamps oh you I mean, mean the amazing intro credits that show of like weird you... mishmash of life as a woman and life as a doctor oh yeah it's it's completely bizarre yeah anachronistically yeah. shown together because we're being clever about the fact that we're both things and it comes literally it looks like it was ripped from like a romance steamy romance novel or ugh. okay but like Think about other shows in the early 2000s and their opening yeah, credits. Yeah. Like, it was what do you have? Awkward. NCIS, which was ripped from forensic files. Yeah. Your, your opening credits were not doing too hot. I mean, or what, House? With the... um, the What are those people called? The Massive Attack intro? Where he's got the weird, like, heart beating behind all of the x-rays? Yeah. And they're like, oh, look, he's the brain. And this one's the heart. This one's the nervous system. Medical dramas have, I mean, I I miss ER's entrance, the the intro to ER sometimes, which was, if you remember that, just an absolute train wreck of an intro. (laughs) 
I do. <laughs> like, and I would agree with you that. have pretty, pretty nasty uh, intros. And they got rid of the intro by what? Season four? Yeah, uh, actually, no. Season two, they were using something else. Thank God. Because now this, the way that they do their title cards now is choice. I'm still watching that show and it's it, the title cards are pretty great. Um, one of the things that sort of peeves, like one of the cringy things, one, um, we're just going to go through the things I find cringy about the show. Oh, please tell me everything. <laughs> so, uh, the doctors do everything on the show. Um, and there's, and in my experience, that's not what happens. Nurses play a huge part of the, uh, the medical system and they really are, the, I think the heartbeat in a lot of cases and, Every time I've ever gone to have anything done, it's always been like a nurse and sh- they're always amazing and nurses need more credit. It's a hard job. That's true. And they did have a little, like there was a little, little tap of that in episode four, I think the one with Liz, when the, the nurse is uh, yeah. admitted, one of the senior nurses is admitted and um, she's dying. Christina thinks that she needs a Whipple, which is the the gray method, which is the one that Meredith Gray's mom made her name on. So Christina does this wild thing where she like stays up all night, is the first one in, gets in there super early so she can like tag this Whipple. And then she spends all day basically having to watch this patient die because they're not going to do a Whipple and they were never going to do one. Um, it's a pancreas thing. I think it's... Yeah, it is. Uh, something for your pancreas. But she was... Um, yeah, so she ends up having to watch this nurse die and watch everyone in the hospital come and like say goodbye to her and acknowledge that the doctors don't like the Dr. Gray worked with her in an OR for 20 years and still didn't know her name um, and all of those sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was pretty wild. But yeah, they definitely were like doctors don't even recognize nurses and it's rough. also for the show, there's a major, they take a major, like there's a major turning point too with Meredith talking to her about her mom. This is the first time as a viewer, we really know what's going on. I think we sort of assume that maybe she has Alzheimer's or some sort of um, possibly dementia or something that's requiring her to live in a, a home, a uh, an extended care facility. But this is the first time we hear Meredith say that she has Alzheimer's. Yeah, and, and hear her talk about it in, yeah. with anyone. Uh, at all because people ask her where her mom's at or how her mom's doing she says things like my mom's doing fine she's enjoying her retirement that was that was definitely um a powerful moment there because i mean i my grandmother had alzheimer's so that like really resonated with me yeah yeah and i think they do a really good job of showing the struggle of alzheimer's with um the I think it's called sundowning or sunsetting the process where yeah where people get uh fatigued by the end of the day and lose a lot of whatever lucidity or recall they have so Meredith can't really make it to see her earlier in the day most of the time because of her shift as a as an intern so she ends up having to go after work or on her off days and it she ends up going when um her mom is Ellis is least likely to recognize her or to know what's really happening yeah So that was really sad. And now we're going to have to try to like move on to something funny. Oh. Let's talk about how Meredith sluts it up in the first episode. Seriously. Uh... Yes. 
Yes. I mean, up. I got, I mean, I get you got to bang it out. I really do. We've all been there. Or at least. Sure. Oh, I Meredith think, gets most... there a lot from what I understand. Meredith, I mean, like, whatever. It's great. I love that they do that. No, I love it. I love that their main mm. character, their, their named character of the show is unabashedly sluts it up. It's like, yeah, I had a one night stand with a boy in a bar that I met. Turns out it's... Who just happens to be her boss, Dr. Shepard. Whoops. Bum, bum, bum. Okay. Date boss or don't date boss? Where, how do you, where, where do you weigh in on this? Okay, so like the law-abiding citizen in me goes, don't date boss. What? Why? Don't do it. It's the power's going to be weird. It's all going to be weird. Work's going to get weird. And then you're going to be the one who gets fired, not him. So like... That sucks. But then it's Patrick Dempsey. Date boss. <laughs> Get it. It's yeah, Dr. but he's Dr. Dr. Shepard is so problematic for so many reasons. It's Dr. Derek Shepard. It's McDreamy. It's I you know. cannot. You cannot. You have to. Have to date boss. Ugh. Yeah, there's some places where he gets really childish that I really dislike. But uh as he gets he matures and goes on further and further, I'm like, you know what? He's actually the best thing that's ever happened. So well, I mean, I'm I'm glad you feel so strongly, and you're, you're so pro Derek. I mean, I I do. I had issues with him until like maybe the third season. Don't get me wrong. There's some times where I yelled at my TV about Derek. Yeah, because like the whole how he had it handled everything with Addison too bothered me. Oh, for real? Yeah, you don't mm-hmm. tell the person yeah. you're dating that su- surprise you're fucking married. No, mm-hmm. awful. No. Don't do that. No, that was a big, big, big problem. And like, I was, I had a huge problem with that. And it was so ultra dramatic the way that they handled it too, where he just looks at her all sad in the eyes and is like, I'm sorry. I want you to know, remember that I love you. And she was like, I'm sorry, what? And then Addison Shepard is like, I'm his wife. And it's like, (gasps) I was like, what, what, what dramatic self-involved crap is that? But I mean, Meredith is also no angel. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. So that's, you know, a thing. And Meredith is like, she's grown so much in her current episodes. She is, you can see how she got to where she got to. Like she's core, essentially the same person. And you can predict kind of how she's going to respond to things. But then she still surprises you sometimes and still delights you with the ways that she makes choices. And she's such a um, complex character that, I really feel like the writers know who she is and Ellen Pompeo knows who she is in the core of her and is just really easy to like, I won't say easy because it sort of minimizes the work she does as an actress, but like really effortlessly from, from our side, the way we see it, those creates these effects of these complex choices that I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, also, uh, one of my favorite things about, um, this season is like her relationship with dr yang like christina yeah like the those two were my favorite they i love everything of about their friendship and they continued that friendship even after christina yang leaves the sort of immediate vicinity and after sandra leaves the show their relationship continues through things like phone calls and you can see like facetimes and like there's definitely inclusions of Yang in the story in ways that are really key and awesome. Um, but yeah, Sandra O oh and Alan Pompeo playing those two as uh, I think they influenced a whole generation of friendships between women 
for sure. I agree with you. I mean, I think it affected us. Oh, absolutely. You're my person. Yeah, you're my person. Yeah. I would 100% go crawl in your bed at night. I would 100% Sorry, Brenda. go crawl in your bed at night, too. Sorry, yeah. Steve. Yep, it would, <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what would happen. Uh, your poor partner. <laughs> Honestly, and I would let you. And if, if Stacey was like, seriously, partner. I'd be like, move over. <laughs> you're not... Because no, what it would be, it was it would be me at the end of the bed with like a blanket and like yeah. a teddy bear being like <laughs> just making noises yep. at you. Yep. And as I scoot over to the starfish that is my wife, I would be gathering her over to her side of the bed and be like, no, no, you need to move over. Why? We're making room. Best friend's here. She needs us, and this is what's happening. I love you. You scooch so over. Much. I need to cuddle my best friend now. I love you so much. I love you it's at least as much. Um, And this is the thing that their relationship really did, right? Is it created these spaces where it's okay to freak out. It's okay to shut down. It's like the thing I really love most about Meredith Grey is that when people are in crisis, she looks them square in the soul and says, what do you need? Yeah. And whatever that is, she's cool with that. Like there's a moment much later on where she looks at Owen and says, do we need to hate him? And Owen said, we hate him. And she was like, great. Okay. We hate him. Done. And it wasn't, she didn't even need to know who him was. She just needed to know that they hated him. Yep. And she'd made up her mind and that was enough. And she does this from, she and Christina have a little bit of a rocky start because they're not sure if the other one is a shark. And then they work together on the case of uh, Katie Bryant. Yes, the, the seizure patient. The, um, the, the pulmonary the, embolism. Thank you, the gymnast with the aneurysm. I did love that episode where it was all very house for the moment where like Shepard comes in. He's like, this is what I normally do. But listen, interns, it's your first day. Like, okay, maybe your second day, but like fix this problem. Yes. A teenage girl baton twirler who has seizures. The one thing, however, that was like the most cringy thing, I think, for the show is was Dr. Karev. Oh, he's such a dick. Okay, I want to hear all the things you hate about him, but then I have one thing I love about him. What he did to Izzy. Everything he did to Izzy. Awful. Yeah, I mean, and not to mention that, like, especially with the posting her her centerfold. Oh, all, all over the over lounge? The yeah. Like, no. how is he insurable? He seems like the least insurable doctor. He's just a sexual harassment claim waiting to happen. He's banging all the nurses and there's, I mean, it just on and on and on. He is the, the source of the syphilis outbreak at the end of the season. Oh yeah, no, no yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Poor George. Because he slept with Olivia and then Olivia is also slutting it up, but they sort of like blame her for this being the sort of- Which is so fucked up. Core of it. And then you find out that she slept with Karev first and he's actually the source. And that's when- uh, O'Malley punches Karev. Yeah. And the one moment O'Malley has a spine, he punches Karev for giving him syphilis by sleeping with the girl that he was romantically interested in. 007. God damn Siri, it, Siri. Come on. Siri. I'm going to start calling her Alexa. <laughs> Out of spite. <laughs> Shut up, Alexa. Treat Siri like a younger sibling. God, look at your own friends. So... Um, there were stuff that I really did love about the first season though. Um, and one of the things I think it does really good is shows like the pace of a hospital and how quickly it's moving, how fast things are changing and there isn't sleep and Mm -hmm. there is just 
crazy hours. Mm-hmm. But it's because these people love to do what they do and they love their jobs and it's worth it. Yeah. And, the, and I'm and our healthcare system is deeply broken. Yeah. Um, and our education system isn't helping. No. So the education to be a doctor or a surgeon is so wildly expensive and we need it to be competitive because we need only the best for these positions, but we, we don't need it to be quite so expensive. Um, that adds a whole layer of risk and, and stress, I think. But yeah, the whole like the process that they'd go through uh, several seasons down the line of you can't work more than 80 hours without a day off or something like you can't work more than 80 hours in a week. And you can't work more than seven days without a day off. Yeah. It was like, because the intern who gets into a car accident and ends up killing somebody in a car wreck was because he fell asleep at the wheel because he was coming off his shift at Seattle Presbyterian. So they were all like, we have to treat him. He's one of us. And then they all realized that he was, it, he fell asleep at the wheel because he was just like they are and that it could happen to any one of them. Yeah. It's pretty intense. I agree. I like the way that they show sort of the pace of how patient care can go one way or the other really fast. Yeah. Um, It's kind of hard to talk about the first season as in like a whole, because we're still like character developing. Yeah. So we're still getting to know everybody. Right. And it doesn't really close out per se. No, it doesn't. You barely notice. No. They had some fun emergencies yeah there's you know stuff like that (laughs) oh yeah oh do you want to know one thing i learned though what did you learn dead baby bike race is a thing yeah so the bike race you're talking about the illegal bike race that is in episode let's see three three yeah the dead baby bike race yes so this is a bike race an annual bike race in seattle yeah, with um, often no route, just a start and an end point. Yeah, you don't have a, an assigned route. You just have to get from point A to point B as fast as you can with no rules. Oh, on that episode, who that episode, there was a man who shows up uh, to flirt with Meredith, and he yeah. has way worse injuries than he thought, and he heads out after being fixed up, even though she's like, no, don't and leave with your stitches. Back, yeah. That actor was also in the show Dead Like Me as Mason, one of the undead Grim Reapers. And so when I saw him, I screamed out loud. Oh, I liked Dead Like Me. Yeah, because I had seen Dead Like Me before I watched Grey's Anatomy. And then I watched Grey's, because it was on before that. And then I watched Grey's Anatomy and I was like, it's Mason! Yeah, I had one of those moments. It was good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Isaiah Washington plays Dr. Burke. Yes, he does. The um, so Christina Yang has this habit of getting into relationships with men who try to hem her in, who try to like make her smaller or contain her in certain ways because she's mm-hmm. pretty chaotic. Um, and I guess inscrutable is the issue. Like, a lot of them don't know what she's thinking or feeling at any time, and she doesn't particularly disclose those things, but she also makes decisions pretty rapidly and without consulting anyone. So this, like, she's sort of this wild card that the men in her life always try to, like, hem in. And uh, it made me hate Dr. Burke a lot. I think Dr. Burke is problematic for a lot of of reasons. And then even, like, the actors leaving the show is problematic. But... Oh, yeah. 
There you go. But that's for a different time. Yeah, we won't say why he had to leave the show, but uh, Wikipedia will. So enjoy. Um, Yeah, that's that's a good time. So episode one is the baton twirler, which is like Mm -hmm. Meredith's first case where she worked together with somebody and she ends up getting the surgery and getting the answer and Christina gets hurt about it. But then they get over it. Um, And then she gets roommates in second episode, which ends up Do you want to work with like everybody you live with? Like in the I don't want to live with everyone I work with. No, I know, but like nobody does. But especially in that. No. No, I couldn't do that. No, this whole like I'm gonna live with my coworkers, so I get to see you at work and then also get to see how you are when you're at home. No. Yeah, no, I would not want that either. And her coworkers that live with her are George and Izzy. Yeah, like that (laughs) is so problematic. Oh my gosh. I would burn my house down. That's worse than having a spider in it. I kind of feel bad for George though. Like Izzy puts him through the like the ringer with like Okay, but when he has syphilis and he has the big textbook in the bathroom and he's trying to figure out what it is and she's like making jokes that he's masturbating in there and really poking fun at him. I okay, so Izzy's character could just be renamed heteronormative culture enforcement and that's it. Because that's what she is from beginning to end until she leaves the show. Everything comes out of her mouth is just cultural enforcement of heteronorms. And it's like, oh, okay, so you're going to give George shit tons of crap for masturbating and shame him for masturbating. But then you're going to also demand that he not shame you for being a sexual being. He's allowed to be a sexual being and he's ashamed, which he shouldn't be. So when she's like, you're in there helping yourself and he was like i am not i am not and he gets all mad because what he's actually doing is trying to figure out if he has syphilis or not and then he ends up getting so confused and frazzled he goes to the hospital and asks karev to look at his junk and karev is like yep that's syphilis and sends him down to get blood work (sighs) but like karev being the world's biggest dick tm in this episode knew it was syphilis because he knew he had syphilis already so he goes and gets himself tested because everyone's like, anyone who slept with anyone, go get tested. And everyone's like standing in line and it's this big all hush hush, like, ooh, who slept with who? Who's in line? People who fuck people in the hospital are in line. And there's like this big announcement. Richard Weber's like, here's this whole thing you have to sign saying you're not going to sleep with your coworkers. And they like roll out this big hospital policy and Karev already knew yep he's a slimy slimy guy he was okay so i will i will come back to the one thing that i like about karev and i like oh. him in the beginning, and i still like it now and it's possibly his only saving grace he does not slut shame people for sleeping with people ever he never once does he gets all up in izzy's business and harasses her about her centerfold he harasses people about how they are in the ER, about the, how they are in the yeah. OR, about how they do their jobs, about how they live their lives, about their stupid decisions they make in their personal lives. I will begrudgingly give you that. I will begrudgingly give you that. When someone tries to slut shame Lexi later on. He stops it, yeah. He stops that from happening. And also when someone is responding to slut shaping, when one of the women is like, I feel whatever about this. He's like, so what? If you're going to slut it up, slut it up, but don't come at me about it. 
Oh, it's April when he sleeps with April or April goes Kemper. to sleep with April because she's like freaking out about being April a virgin. Kemp- yeah. Oh, yeah. She's Kepner. like, I'm I'm going to be, I'm a virgin. And then she starts freaking out when they're going to have sex. And he's like, look, either have sex with me or don't have sex with me. Remember when she blows up her wedding? That, it gets so much worse. Ugh. Can I tell you how much worse it gets? No, I know how much worse it gets. Oh my God. So she leaves that wedding, goes and gets married, blows that marriage up. Then gets remarried to the first guy. I just, I just, what? it's too much. It's too much. However, with watching as much Grey's Anatomy as I have watched, I'm pretty sure I could innovate somebody. I could remove, I could remove an appendix. In 2008, I cut my finger and I went to the hospital and I got stitches. And I'll be damned if I didn't remove those stitches my own damn self because I didn't have insurance. And oh. I was like, what kind of suture are you doing? And he was like, I'm doing a blah, blah, blah suture. And I was like, I saw that on Grey's Anatomy. I'm pretty sure I know how to take those out. How long do I wait to take these out? Oh, these should, you should come back and have these removed in this many days. And I was like, fantastic. See you never doctor. And I left. <laughs> and I, sure enough, a couple of, whatever it was, seven to 10 days later, I trimmed those suckers right the hell out. And I was like, oh, thanks Grey's Anatomy. I just removed my own stitches. I'm sure that's when the uh, they were creating Grace Anatomy. That was their intention is for at home doctory, circumventing the healthcare system for those who are uninsured. Absolutely. Although every time I get heartburn, I think I have uh, a mitral infarction. So, are you serious? Yeah. Every time you get heartburn, I get heartburn, and I'm like, that's it. This is it for me. I'm like Bailey in that one episode. I'm gonna have a heart attack. You're not going to have a heart attack. No, it's indigestion. But when is it indigestion and when is it a heart attack? Who can say? Apparently it's indistinguishable. They have like three different patients die from that. So is there anything else about Grey's Anatomy we want to talk about? Um, can we talk about how much we hate Izzy Stevens? Uh, well, okay. Why do you hate Izzy Stevens? Because I, I mean, I have problems with her, but like the problems that I have with her aren't in the first season. They're like way later. Okay, so in the first season, you didn't have a problem when she planned a party for her boyfriend at someone else's okay, house, well, invited everybody. everybody. Yeah, now I did have a problem with that. And then her boyfriend showed up and she was too drunk to even give a shit. Yeah. And then she left the party with the boyfriend before the person who owns the home came home. Yeah, yes. Okay, so that was like, that's a thing. Uh, I also really, really hated every time she spoke. Every time she says words, usually... Every time she says words? Like, do you have... All of them. Wow. Every word. Every time she says words. Because all the words she's saying are basically about how people should feel, how relationships should be, how life should feel, how your career should be, what she should do. It's all of this weird recommendation prescriptive bullshit that I really hate. And every time she talks, I'm like, maybe people have choices, Izzy. Maybe that's not how everyone is, Izzy. And I just yell at my TV a lot whenever she's on it. I mean, it's fine. I guess she's engaging. Um, And we love Katherine Heigl. I think she's great. I just really hated that character a whole bunch. I didn't hate that character at the beginning. It was later on where I was just like, The thing I do like about her is her stress baking. Yeah, no, the stress baking is absolutely adorable. They're like, what happened? Is he stressed? How can you tell? There's muffins everywhere made muffins and cookies that's not a terrible quality to have in a roommate i'm like oh you stress bake come live with me yeah right as long as you stress clean too i don't give a shit 
Yeah. Oh my God. Please stress clean. Oh my <laughs> Jesus. That would be amazing. That would be the best. Like, oh, I got muffins in my kitchen's clean. Oh, you can stay. You forgot for you there was nothing there nothing. one episode of bitching at karev and crying about having to do things is not enough to make me like you because she had one episode where she was like save the day crisis izzy but she spends the rest of the seasons that she's on there getting over attached to patients cutting elvad wires denny duquette the whole denny duquette problem also telling everybody else how their relationships should feel even though their relationships don't fit the mold and telling everybody how they should act, even though perhaps their choices don't fit the mold. So no, that's what one episode was not quite enough for me. Uh, also, if we're using runs the ER by herself as a as a measure or as a rubric, then I would have to like April Kepner, and I also dislike her intensely. Yeah, I don't. I never liked April. The only time I like April is when she's drinking too much. Like when she drinks more than is good for her, she gets really, really like <laughs> sharp and makes bad decisions. And that's when I, that's my favorite April. Yeah, no, I agree. And April's like in her own space and is like, I feel good about things. I'm like, no, you're super annoying. Shut up. <laughs> Which is sad because like I've seen that actress in other things and I'm like, I'm still like, mm. oh no. <laughs> it's like my response April. every time i see sandra O. Oh. I see sandra O, oh and i'm like yes yes but <laughs> i'm watching also i'm watching cruel summer um and which is really good but april kepner is also in that the actress that plays her is no. um in the same same show and That's, she's not she's very great. likable no. in the show so it's just it's a lot of me making like mm, Mm, I also make butthole mouth every time I see April mm. Kepner. My mouth just makes this tiny little angry butthole on my face. Mm. Don't like it. <laughs> no. I dislike. But you know, Izzy did do season one, Izzy. You're supposed to sort of get this ensemble cast feeling where everyone has like their kind of their own way of approaching all of these crises. And mm -hmm. I can appreciate that format. Like Shonda Rhimes was not joking around when she made first season. So, no. I mean, she wrote most of, I think she wrote what, three, at least three, the first three episodes I think were already written by her when they, when they started the show. Um, and then there were other writers that joined in to write the rest of season one. Some of my favorite episodes are later when uh, Debbie Allen started to direct episodes. So those are- I love, love Debbie Allen. Me too. And her in the show, she's incredible as mm. um, 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 Catherine Fox. Yes. Yeah. Formerly Catherine Avery. Uh, and also uh, I will say something that Shonda Rhimes does really well. Uh, over the course of the show and it's continuing out I'm not quite uh, up to date I'm still back in like season 15 or 16 yeah I'm I'm, I'm a back a season back. um but Shonda Rhimes like the cast continues to be not just the cast of main characters but also the cast of all the stories tend to be incredibly diverse mm -hmm. so like they have a trans character on the show who's openly trans who says that he's trans to somebody else at the hospital and gets in trouble Basically, he admits to breaking into the DMV database to change his license because they wouldn't do it at the state level. So he got arrested for that. And then he uses his 
electronic prowess to save the hospital from a ransomware attack, which is particularly uh, like important right now because there's so many ransomware attacks happening. Um, and one of them, actually, one of our, our local hospitals here got hit by a ransomware attack recently. Oh, it's terrible. So the hospital gets hit by a ransomware attack and he tells the, tells the administration, like, if I were going to do this, this is how I would go around so that they then tell the FBI, hey, have you tried this? And they sort of like back and kick the, the ransom, uh, the attackers out of the system essentially and get everything started back up. That day was saved by a trans character. So it wasn't just that he's trans and that's like his main purpose for being. It's just another thing about him that's very cool. And there's also been trans patients that lead Jackson to Dr. Avery to pursuing better vaginoplasties and a revolutionary way to do those in ways that would offer patients more utility and more function and better and more comfortable results. I think conversations like this are incredibly important. It's important to normalize like talking about trans people. Mm-hmm. And they're just people. And yeah, like, it's just do. part of the story. It's not the whole story. And they're not like centers of tragedy and yeah. they're not like stressed out about it. Like there's a character currently who is gay, but it's not sure if completely gay, like not sure if he's just into men or what. And he, uh, another gay man on the show basically tells him like, I'm not going to be your coming out story and I don't want your shame spiral. And he was like, I need to make something really clear to you. I'm not in any way ashamed. I just haven't ever dated anyone before because I'm a huge nerd. So it's not that I'm ashamed. I'm just nervous because you're cute. So before you put all that shit on me, know that nothing about me is actually ashamed. And then they fucking an ambulance during a windstorm. And who doesn't want that? Yeah, those are those are important stories to tell. Those are important stories to tell. And then there's so many Black women in positions of power. Yeah, the cast is incredibly diverse. And I think that's an amazing thing, especially um, today on TV. It sounds, it's which is such a stupid thing to say. I mean, think about it. We have like praised the show for being diverse. Like what? Right. It shouldn't have to be that way. Because it shouldn't have to be like a we're looking for diversity. It should just be. Exactly. And it, it is the, the thing that we have to look for. And so the fact that like James Pickens Jr. is the chief of surgery through most of the show, pretty rad. Yeah. I mean, and for me, honestly, I I I seek out entertainment that has diverse casts. And yeah, yeah, I, I think it's important. Who's so. your favorite cast member? Oh, you're going to hate this, but I love T.R. Knight. Seriously? I love George. Seriously? I think he's so sweet. I love George. Yeah. But he's only alive for like five seasons. I know. It's fine. Okay. Actually. It's 15 it's seasons of a show. Fine. You like someone who's fine. there for 30% of the time? Fine. Yes. Maybe. Okay. Pick a second no. one. Um, I Who else? I think it would be Sandro's character, Dr. Yang. Okay. All right. I'll take it. She's there for 10 seasons. Uh, Sandra O's character, Dr. Dr. Yang's great. We love Sandra O and uh, love everything about how she played that character. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I love the dynamic between the two, like the two of them. Yeah. They're great friends. Yeah. I like that too. I, uh, my favorite on the show is (sighs) you might hate this answer. Oh my gosh. You're going to say Karev? 
No, it's not you Karev. Say Karev. No, it's not. It's not Karev. Uh, my favorite on the show. He punches too many people for me to like him. Um, he's yeah, like he's over my violence quota. Um, Dr. Miranda Bailey. I love Bailey. Yeah, I Bailey love is. Bailey. She is a a uh, a powerhouse the whole time. She just like works, does her job, but she has so much complexity and vulnerability and strength and the way that she is with her husband and uh ben warren and the way that she manages him becoming a firefighter and later going to the spinoff um like holy bananas like like i want to be i want to be a doctor cool i want to be an anesthesiologist sweet i want to be a surgeon sweet i want to be a fireman this guy has some sort of a lot of careers yeah, and that's like an important part of the conflict between them, which is really lovely. And also yeah. he has like this like chasing a bigger high process where he's just trying to get closer and closer to the source of the conflict. Like he's trying to get to the crisis and he's like getting as close as he can to responding directly to the crisis. So like as an anesthesiologist, he's like there before surgery even starts. Like he's not even the surgeon. He's before the surgery. Mm-hmm. Then he wants to be a surgeon because he wants to be there for the life-saving moment. And he like makes some really weird and strange choices about that. And then he's like, no, I want to be a firefighter and literally run into the building while it's burning, not treat the people after they're out of the building. Like it's just, he's just trying to get as close to that like crisis moment. And it makes me so scared for him. Me too. But we love him. I've loved him ever since I saw him on what girlfriends back in like 97 he was charles one of the girls uh uh, ex-boyfriends yeah he's incredible the actor who plays ben warren is siri where are you when you need you why are you silent now bitch seriously siri's sitting in a drawer not fucking helping me right now sorry putter (laughs) did you put her in the corner i did i said syrian baby (laughs) syrian baby are in the corner (laughs) yeah okay so i know that we went through Grey's anatomy season one and season two and season 15 and also some stuff from season eight but that's cool Grey's anatomy season one it's a wrap that's all we've got time for we're probably over time but thank you for listening we've probably talked more more about Grey's anatomy than like we probably needed to but it was more about Grey's anatomy than our own relationships in the course of our friendship that's that that is an accurate statement Please like, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at I Watch A Lot of Podcast. Visit our website at iwatchalotof.com. We hope you enjoyed it. We did. I mean, let's be honest, we think we're funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's really, hey. we're just here to hang out with y'all. Yeah. So please come back. So please come back. Um, join us next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.